0: Welcome to week two of New Normal. This summer series is your dose of salvo spiritual sustenance where we are reminded that God is with us in the disorienting, culture-shifting situations that we find ourselves, whether because of a global pandemic like COVID-19 or a new life stage by choice or a sudden change by chance. A few years ago, while our kids were at music camp, Rebecca and I decided to take a trip to Cambodia to see Angkor Wat. Rebecca is incredible. She finds the cheapest airfares you could possibly imagine. In fact, our flights on that trip were cheaper than a bus ticket to Brisbane. So we hired a guy to be our tour guide while we were there. So we could easily get around to all the temples at the right times, and he knew the people and so on. This guy was fascinating. He'd been born in Cambodia, but he left as a baby because his influential parents were hunted by the Khmer Rouge, the evil dictatorship of Pol Pot. Eventually, his family settled as refugees in Los Angeles and made a fairly good life for themselves. Meanwhile, the Khmer Rouge devastated Cambodia. They killed millions of people in a genocide to destroy businesses through the economy down a well. This man, now in his early 40s, grew up in Los Angeles. He had a good education, a good job. He was so young when he left that he didn't even really remember Cambodia at all, but he was taught the language by his parents and the stories. Um, They shared them with him as well. Well, finally, um, Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge were defeated, and then in time, a new government began to try and encourage all those who had been exiled from Cambodia to return to help rebuild the country. This guy took them up on their offer. He sacrificed a fairly comfortable lifestyle on the couch in LA to move back to his homeland and to help rebuild. Today, we hear the words of Zachariah, who was speaking to Jews in a similar situation. About 600 years before Jesus was born, the Babylonians, from an area now in modern-day Iraq, conquered Jerusalem. And all the wealthy, intelligent, priestly, and ruling classes, all the influential people of Jewish life, were exiled to Babylon, one of the world's greatest cities. While the Jews were in Babylon, we have some pretty popular Bible stories. We have the story of Daniel in the lion's den, the story of King Nebuchadnezzar throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into a fiery furnace, to name just two. And aside from those great stories, during this time, the first five books of the Old Testament were curated, collected, and collated into their current form. Many other writings and books of wisdom were also collected, beginning what we now know as the Old Testament. The Jewish people were afraid of losing their unique identity in Babylon. So they collected their stories, their prophecies, their laws, their histories, and they taught them to their children. It's pretty common, isn't it? Like our Cambodian friend... Uh, was taught the language and stories and history by his parents. Like a lot of my friends growing up in Sydney, they went to, to Greek school or Chinese school or Vietnamese school. So, so they learned the language, the history and the culture of their parents. Well, after 50 years living in Babylon, five decades, everything changed again. Babylon is conquered by Cyrus the Great from Persia, which is, which is now Iran, Uh, Fun facts with Phil. Interesting, Cyrus was known as the Shah and Shah, or the King of Kings. And up until the 1970s, there were still Shahs in Iran. Cyrus was a genius when it came to human rights, politics, leadership, military strategy. Cyrus's thinking and politics have had a powerful impact on the whole world. In one interesting example, Thomas Jefferson, one of the founding fathers of the United States, had two copies of a biography of Cyrus. In those biographies, are lots of handwritten notes which show that Cyrus had a significant influence on the formulation of the U.S. Declaration of Independence. Well, Cyrus saw the pain, distress and anguish caused by removing people from their homelands. So when he conquered Babylon, he sent people home. He returned the treasures that had been stolen from temples and palaces. He paid for rebuilding and reconstructing societies. In the British Museum, they have what is called the Cyrus Cylinder. I was really keen to see this early last year when I was there, but it's not on display. But this artifact is a 2,500-year-old piece of pottery, which is inscribed with the account of Cyrus conquering Babylon and Cyrus's orders to allow exiles to return. It's this wonderful piece that proves Scripture's authenticity. So the people of Israel were allowed to return home. They were given some money and support. But as we discovered last week, the difficulty was that Jerusalem was an abandoned ruin. And on top of that, the Samaritan neighbors were not happy that people were going to return and rebuild Jerusalem. Not in my backyard, they say. Samaritans opposed them, and so they stopped working on the temple that were supposed to be rebuilding, and instead they focused on their homes. If you missed the message last week, I encourage you to go back and listen, because Haggai gave some powerful challenge to the people that is just as powerful for us today. So, like uh, my Cambodian-American friend, The Jews were going back to a country that had been ravaged by war and violence. Now, our whole world has been ravaged by a virus. Millions have died. Millions have been infected. Billions have lost work. Economies have all been decimated. We have all been exiled from our normal lives by a virus. And we aren't going to find true freedom from this virus until a vaccine is found and administered to people. And then we'll truly be able to start rebuilding. Businesses that have been shut will need to be reopened and rebuilt or even relaunched. New businesses will need to begin. People will be searching for work for a long time. Economies will take decades to recover. It's going to be hard work. And on top of that reality is that all across the world so far, when churches have reopened their doors for worship, they're seeing dramatic decreases in attendance decreases in giving, decreases in volunteering. The church has a calling to do great things, to be God's hands and feet in the world, but in many places, it is just struggling to survive. This is the new normal. This is the new reality, a similar reality into which Zechariah is called to speak. Zachariah, the name literally means the one who God remembers. He is both priest, prophet, Pastor, he encourages people by giving three main areas of message, three main messages that I think are important for us today, too. First, he says, Get a grip. Get a grip on things. Hold tight, you who are listening to what I say, through the preaching of the prophets. The temple of God of the angel armies has been reestablished, the temple is being rebuilt. We've come through a hard time. You worked for a pittance and were lucky to get that. The streets were dangerous. You could never let down your guard. I've turned the world into an armed camp. It's a pretty good description of our world in some ways, isn't it? We've come through hard times. It's been as though the world was turned into an armed camp. Fear, suspicion was everywhere. Death was close. We were huddled in our homes. Some people feared for their lives. People worked for nothing. People have lost their jobs. We might live in the greatest country in the world where we support our people, but there is only so much we did. And people are still starving, struggling and seeking help. Zechariah is speaking to us. Those of us who listen to what the prophets say, to what preachers say, to what our pastors and priests who faithfully present the scriptures say. Zechariah is reminding them that the temple is being rebuilt. Well, I want to tell you that about 553 years after this statement was made, Jesus was crucified on a cross. As he breathed his last breath, the giant curtain that sealed off the presence of God from the rest of the world was split in two. The presence of God was no longer confined to a physical temple, but God's presence, the Holy Spirit, now lives in the hearts and minds of all you who believe. So Zachariah says, get a grip, things have changed. Get a grip, things have changed. But things have changed, says God, I'm taking the side of my core of surviving people. Sowing and harvesting will resume. Vines will grow grapes. Gardens will flourish. Dew and rain will make everything green. My core survivors will get everything they need and more. You've gotten a bad reputation as bad news people, you people of Judah and Israel. But I'm coming to save you. From now on, you'll be the good news people. Don't be afraid. Keep a firm grip on what I am doing. Well, yes, says Zechariah, things have changed. It's an important point. You know, sometimes I think we assume that when God makes everything right, that he will make everything back to the way it was before, everything will be normal again. Zechariah's message shows us this is not true. God brings about something new, things have changed. There will be a new normal. In Zechariah's ancient world, the big news and the big change was that even though they had returned to Jerusalem, they were rebuilding it and whatnot. They were still under the rule of the Persian Empire. They were not a free and autonomous state as they had been under King David and Solomon and so on. In fact, I don't think Jerusalem would ever be truly part of a free Israel until the 20th century. Thousands of years later, well, God says, look, I know it's all different now. You have new laws, new rules you have to follow. You're not as completely free as you used to be, even though exile is over. Hmm, how similar that is to our situation. We, we'll always have new rules now, possibly new laws to follow as a result of our encounter with the coronavirus. Even after a vaccine is released and, and it starts to spread around the world, we, we will still have rules to follow and things like that. I, I can imagine having to jump through new hoops when going to visit aged care centres and things still. But God says through Zechariah, I will still be here to give you everything you truly need. Giving ourselves time to adjust to our new normal is hard, but growth and production takes time. As it says in in verse 12, seeds take time to grow well, vines yield fruit in time, crops are produced over time, and rainy seasons all come and go in time. Sometimes we simply need to wait and allow ourselves to adjust. So, Zechariah says we need to get a grip. To remember that we are each the temple of God. And finally, Zechariah says, get a grip. Things have changed and it will be okay. Here's what he says. Old men and old women will come back to Jerusalem. They'll sit on benches in the streets. They'll spin tails, move around safely with their canes. A good city to grow old in. And boys and girls will fill the parks laughing and playing. A good city to grow up in. I'll collect my people from countries to the east and countries to the west. I'll bring them back and move them into Jerusalem. They'll be my people and I'll be their God. I'll stick with them and do right by them. Verses seven and eight. You know, when we see change, something unfamiliar or or we see destruction, it's it's hard to believe that God can redeem the situation and, and create something beautiful out of it. God spoke to his people and encouraged them that there would be life again. It's funny, isn't it? Because it could almost be exactly what we need to remember. It will be okay. Old people will be safe again from the virus, even though in Jerusalem at the time, an old person was someone in their 50s. But people will be able to go out into the streets and parks again. People will be able to get together again. From the east and the west, they will be able to gather again. Air flights will return. International flying will start again. There will be no more social distancing, according to the words of (laughs) Zechariah. Again, God's words ring so true for us today. But God's message through Zechariah then is this. Get a grip on things. Hold on to my presence with you. I know things have changed and will take time to improve, but they will improve because I am on your side. Well, perhaps COVID is not your main concern right now. Perhaps the virus is a bit lower on your list of anxiety causing concerns. Perhaps another disruption has thrown your life for a loop. Perhaps you've discovered that you're pregnant when you weren't expecting it. No, we're not. Perhaps you've been passed over for a promotion at work again. Perhaps your marriage is struggling. Perhaps your singleness is frustrating. Perhaps you've been given a life-altering diagnosis. This is also God's word for you this morning. Get a grip on things. Hold on to my presence with you. I know things have changed and will take time to improve, but they will improve because I am on your side. And finally, and I mean finally, the book of Revelation, written by John describes a time when God remakes the earth, remakes Jerusalem in his image, the way he wants it. The end times will result in this metaphorical new Jerusalem. It's a powerful image for the Jewish people who knew these stories and the prophecies of Zechariah. The new Jerusalem will be remade. So John uses this image to reassure his readers that regardless of what happens to them and to us, one day God will come back. All the people will know and acknowledge him as the king of kings and the whole world will be recreated in a similar way to the way Jerusalem was talked about by Zechariah. So get a grip on things. Hold on to my presence with you. I know things have changed and it'll take time to improve, but they will improve because I am on your side. God bless you.